Welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night? Welcome back to the Think Factory podcast powered by OGC Solutions. I'm Chris Santamassimo, your host, and I'm really excited to have what, what now is a second conversation with my friend Kurt Carpenter, who is the CEO of Convergent Print. And again, we're live here at the Printing United Expo. Welcome, Kurt. Thank you, Chris. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, been a, a good show so far, going around, uh, making a lot of uh, connections or re- reconnecting with a lot of people I know in well, the industry. Well, that's the great thing, I think, about uh, these kinds of shows, especially when you're a veteran like yourself. A lot of familiar faces, a lot of friends, a lot of reconnections, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I come to them really for the relationships more than the equipment. I mean, every now and then you come in to look for a specific piece of equipment, but you have an opportunity to talk with, you know, vendors who you've had relationships with right. and people you've known in the industry over the years. So it's a, it's a great way to connect. Yeah, you never know where you find your next piece of business or your next uh, business partner, I suppose, too, right? Yeah. So one of the reasons that I wanted to highlight Kurt is not only is he a veteran in the space, but he's done something pretty interesting over the last year or two, and that is uh, to go from you know a, a, a Phoenix-based printer who needed a, a bigger footprint and did a merger and created a much bigger company called Convergent. So I'd love to hear about your background, love to hear about Convergent and how it came about. Sure. Well, uh, you know, I, I started uh, a little over 35 years ago in the, in the business. Um, I was uh, 25 at the time and I bought a company called Billboard Poster Company. So Billboard Poster Company had started in 1961. And what we did at the time, all we printed, did was print paper uh, posters that go up on billboards. 30 sheet posters, eight sheets. And, uh, you know, I, I bought it uh, from the person who had bought it from the original owners before me. And uh, then as we, you know, I, I had stayed in close touch with the person I bought it from because he had did a 90% carryback. I was, I was only 25 at the time. And so I, I borrowed 90% from him, got my family to borrow, loan me 5%, got a bank to loan me 5%. And so we stayed in close contact. And uh, you know, the business, you know, continued, grew, grew and, and we continued to develop. And then in, uh, in 1996, uh, Harold Scott, the person who I bought it from, wanted to get out of what he was doing. And uh, so I sold half the company back to him and we made a big expansion. We bought a new building. And about that time, his son, uh, Ian Scott, was graduating from college and he was going to go on to uh, get his PhD in physics. He'd been accepted to a, a physics program, but he came to work for us in the summer before going back and decided in the end that he'd rather uh, go work for the company and eventually buy out his father. So that became the plan that eight years later, he would buy out his father. And so uh, that happened in 2004. So uh, Ian is now my partner, was, has now been my partner since 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were a screen printing company originally and in the early 2000s, we changed our name from Billboard Poster Company to BP Graphics because our name was very limiting in our customers' minds. Right, right. We would, you know, do a camp, billboard campaign, and then we see bus sides going down the road for the same thing we did. We said, yeah. "Hey, why didn't you have yeah. us do those?" Oh, we thought you just did billboards. Right. So we changed our name, and we started adding digital equipment in, and uh, slowly but surely expanded more and more into the digital market. And really at the forefront of digital, wouldn't you say? You know, not maybe uh, the very beginning, but yeah, we I'm, we were never first adopters for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a few beta tests for some, for some 
different printing companies and stuff. But um, we, we, once we got into it, we jumped in pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the whole industry made a kind of a big shift that way. Uh, and so we you know, started out, our, our lifeblood was in the out-of-home industry. But uh, as we expanded in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, we got more into point of purchase, retail graphics, event and venue, fleet. And we've always, always done a lot of uh, campaign signs, political signs. Right. I always tell people, I don't care if you're red or you're blue, so long as your money's green. That's it. <laughs> you know, we, we don't take you sides. You should trademark that slogan, I exactly. think. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we, you know, we expanded and uh, got to the point that out of home, so we, we define out of home as paid media space. So uh, stuff that we do for a stadium where, like the Angel Stadium, we do a lot of work for them. That's not out of home. That's grand format or large format. Right. If it's going up on Outfront or Clear Channel or Lamar or any of the, the media vendors across the country, that's out of home advertising. Got it. And it can be billboards, um, bulletins, bus shelters, train wraps, taxi stops, all that kind of stuff. So um, that is it had gotten down to the point that it was you know less than half of our business, not because it had shrunk, but because all the other parts of our business had grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got you know, got into uh, fabric printing, you know, trade shows, all that kind of stuff. Um, for years, we had been friendly competitors with uh, Vincent Printing in Chattanooga, and uh, had had a good relationship with them. And uh, in the last few years, we had gotten to the point that we had kind of started doing more subcontract work for them when they had work out west that they needed to get done. If they, from a time crunch or capacity or shipping, uh, that and so we started doing more and more. Uh, work for them, mm-hmm. and uh, Bo Wells, who's the president of uh, Vincent Printing at the time, uh, he uh, in early 2022, he and his partner Gary Brooks, along with the private equity group, bought Vincent Printing from the previous owners. Oh. And shortly after that, Bo came out to Phoenix and wanted to explore the possibility of doing even more work back and forth. And it's a nice idea and concept. But it doesn't work in practice so much because your customers are going to see where something shipped from. Right. And they're going to say, hey, I gave that job to you. I didn't give it to Vincent Prenny. Yeah. Why, why is it shipping from Chattanooga? Yeah. Or your salespeople are going to say, um, you know, I don't want my job being outsourced because I'm not going to get full commission value on it. Exactly. There are yeah. all sorts of reasons. Yeah. And so, um, I, you know, I, we, Bo and I were talking. It's like, you know, it's a great idea, but I, I just don't see how it's going to work. And he said, well, you know, this is maybe a crazy idea, but would you consider merging? And I thought, well, I tried, I talked to Ian. I said, never, never say no to mm-hmm. anything. And um, we talked about it and I thought, you know, it's, it's worth exploring. And as we began to talk more and more about it, um, you know, the, the idea just made so much sense from a logistics standpoint. Uh, shipping has become such a huge issue both from a, a timeliness standpoint, how long it takes to get there and a cost. And, and reliability. Reliability. And, and everything we ship is big and heavy. So uh, we ship all over the country uh, and we've shipped all over the country from our, our plant in Arizona, but uh, it costs a lot of money to ship you know, back to the East Coast markets and, right. and other places like that. So from that standpoint, it made a lot of sense. And same thing with Vincent. They ship a lot of stuff out West. So that made a lot of sense. But, but what made it really attractive was as we got to know the folks at Vincent more and more, we realized what shared 
values we had. We both felt very strongly about how we treat our customers, about how we treat our employees, about right. how we treat our vendors. And that's really what made the merger possible was the fact that we weren't trying to take two completely different cultures and put them together. We were taking two very similar cultures that had the same values in how that we do business. We, you know, we, we conduct daily business differently, you know, right. how, we, how we produce things and this and that, using different systems, but our values are the same. And that's what really allowed this merger to take place. That's the hardest stuff to change, after all, when you talk about trying to put together two organizations that are, you know, too different from each other. Yeah, it's very difficult to change, you know, values like that. And so since we we both had values that we felt strongly about and they and they meshed very well, uh, that's that's what made it possible. So, um, you know, it took a long time to um, reach the point of being able to do the merger Um, as, as part of it, we ended up buying out the private equity group. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now it's uh, Ian, myself, Bo, and Gary are the, uh, the equity owners in it. And we have uh, you know, a location in Arizona, a location in Chattanooga. And um, we're, we're been working very hard since the, the merger closed on April 27th. Right. And so it's really working, fresh. It's very fresh. And we've been working very hard on all the integration um, from HR, you know, payroll, insurance, benefits, all that kind of stuff. Um, and most especially our systems, our, our yep. ERP. Yep. And so we, we've developed our own ERP uh, internally. We, uh, we have every order we've done since 1994 in, in our system. And uh, it, we have, I've done a lot of development work on it and we have a full-time developer who works with me. And so um, it allows us to make a lot of customizations and, and change anything we want to about it. And so we've been working very hard to uh, modify it such that it works seamlessly in two plants at one time. Mm-hmm. So we're at the point now that a customer can send us a campaign, and if some of it's being produced, uh, some of it's shipping to the West Coast and some shipping to the East Coast, we put the order in the system, they go to one website to approve it, uh, and then it, they don't even have to know where it's being produced. It doesn't they, matter. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. transparent. Right. I, I liken it to Amazon. Yeah. You don't care which warehouse Amazon ships your package to right. out of, so long as it's the right thing, it's what you ordered, and you get it on time. That's it. And so this and, allows us to do that. And if a customer can pay a little less freight, then it's all that much better for you. Yeah, it allows us. And them. Yeah, we, we cover about 85% of the U.S. population in one to two day by ground now mm. with this. So it's allowing us to ship a lot more by ground. And even if we do have to ship overnight, uh, we're able to ship from a, a closer destination to it and it also gives us you know overflow capability and let's say that there's an emergency and you know chattanooga has missed their cutoff time right they can still have hey can you get this out and we can print it and we've been we do that you know That's emergencies great. happen and we can still get it shipped out that day well you know what i see in the market too especially since covid is that customers have these demand not to, not to say any of your customers are overly demanding but <laughs> Some could be said, not yours, yeah, that yeah. Uh, that they, there's expectations that went a little bit wild where everything had to be done tomorrow or the next day, irrespective of what it was. And if you can't do it, they move on to the next printer. So giving yourself that capacity right, yeah. is interesting. Not everyone understands all the steps that you have to go through. Yeah. You can't just push a button and have it come out. It's not like a photocopier. No, no. There, Some, there are a lot of steps in it from pre-press 
to the printing and finishing and packaging and shipping. And you, you have to have the quality checks along the way. And those take time. Yeah. You know, so, um, but, uh, you know, our, our systems allow us to be very efficient and very streamlined. Right. Uh, but still to, um, you know, keep a, a, a good eye on everything that's happening and going through. Well, that computer background before you went into print really comes in handy, doesn't it? It, it, yeah. it did. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. In, that's incredible. Ever thought about trying to sell that CRP to other people? Uh, you know, uh, people have asked me that over the years, yeah. and I would never do it because it's our competitive advantage. Yeah, that's um, for sure. It, it and that is for sure. Um, you know, it, it's it's been a great challenge to expand it to work in in multiple plants to right. to, to take take it to where. And when you when you're in it, you can see which which plant a job's in, and you can move it from one plant to the other, mm-hmm. and it'll show up on on the other plant's production list at right. that. To the, that, that printer's list to go ahead and print it, uh, and it's it's really seamless. So we have people, we have a lot of employees who work both in the Phoenix plant and the Chattanooga plant, but we have a lot of remote employees. Mm-hmm. You know, the the pandemic, um, as, as terrible as it was, there are a lot of good things from a business operation standpoint that came out of it. I mean, right. look at Zoom and Teams and the way you know. I, we never used Teams before the pandemic. Now yeah. I don't know how we would get along without it. And well, the, talent acquisition gets a little bit easier because now you've got an entire nationwide population for certain, you know, certain roles that you want to fill, right? Exactly. It, it doesn't matter. They don't have to be right there. Um, they can they work remotely. And we were very fortunate going into the pandemic. Uh, we had designed our ERP to where people could work remotely from it, and they were able through it to be able to browse the, the servers and patch files and do everything they needed to. And we had actually, a couple of years before that, implemented a program with our account managers encouraging them to work one day a work uh, remotely, one mm. day a week remotely. Right. And so when the pandemic hit and suddenly they're all remote, um, it, it, it was no problem. We, we had the infrastructure for it. Right. And so it, it That's some pretty it, good planning on your part. It was dumb luck. Well, more and more, I see customers that ask for success, uh, disaster recovery and succession planning, and they want to know that you're going to be around for the long haul. Yes. And so to be able to demonstrate, that, to your point about being a competitive advantage, if you could have your own homegrown system customized exactly for you that gives you that capability, all the much better. Yes. And we have a lot of redundancy built in. We do a huge amount of data backups. And uh, and, and now, you know, we, you know, you're always when you're when you're pitching new business or signing a, a contract with a with a large company, um, you're always having to demonstrate your, you know, what, what redundancies do you have, what backup plans do you have, and we were always able to truthfully answer that that we have relationships with other printers, right? That if something happens, we could sit trade work back and forth. Well, now we have multiple plants. If something were to happen, God forbid in one plant or the other to shut us down for a little while, we we have this, you know, capacity to switch, right? switch over there. Yeah, um, that's always what you worry about. You're lucky to have had a great partner in the folks in Chattanooga, but you also kind of worry that when you outsource something, you lose control. Is the quality going to be the same? Now that, now it's seamless, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, the, the you know, it, it was always like, oh, before when it was, when you were truly outsourcing, it's like, and if you're too busy and you're like trying to decide whose job we're going to send, everyone's like, well, don't send my job out. Oh, you know? yeah. Right. Uh, and now we, you know, we don't give the salespeople and the account managers 
the say in where it's going to go because it doesn't really matter. It's, yeah. it's the same quality, you know, same, you know, uh, processes and everything like that. So we try and do it where it's most efficient for production and for shipping and the, and the customer. I'd love to hear a success story about a merger like that because you always hear the bad stories, right? <laughs> oh, my God, it didn't work. The cultures didn't mesh. We were just at fighting all the time, whatever it was. But you guys have really made it happen. And well, it was, so far, it was so, so organic. Good. So very far, organic, it, it, it was right? very organic. Um, it, we, we have put a big emphasis on our people. So we actually had a, um, I won't call it a sales meeting, but more, more, more of a team building meeting this last weekend in Chattanooga. We we flew everyone in, all the account managers and salespeople, and we had about 24 people here. And um, we spent about three hours on business. And the rest of it was, you know, we, we went, out to dinner and bowling no, that's great. and, um, you know, cornhole and all that kind of stuff. One night we went whitewater rafting the next day mm-hmm. and, you know, a, a lot of really great activities. And I, I have to tell you that, you know, some of the, some of the people who before this had been still a little bit skeptical or then we don't really know what's happening there and there's not, they came away from this just so renewed mm. and so so you gotta build the trust right yeah yeah and when, when you meet someone face to face it's one thing to talk to them on the phone or even have a team's meeting with them but when you're sitting down breaking bread having a good time you develop that relationship yeah you know it goes a long way i think to creating a you know just a, a bond of trust same thing with customers though yes i mean it's being a, it's great to do business by teams and or zoom and it's another thing to shake a hand and to your point have a meal and and just get to know each other and and think whether figure out whether you like each other and are you going to work well together and all that good stuff right absolutely yeah you know one of our our sales she just took a trip um a few weeks ago to to chicago to see a a couple customers and uh, you know it was it was you know she had dinner with them or lunch with them or just 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 going to make that connection Mm -hmm. not a whole lot of business we're not talking what are you going to buy from me today yeah we're just talking you know uh, how are you doing that's where i think people make a mistake sometimes because the older i get the more i realize that you people are going to do business with people that they like and can trust exactly right so if you think you're going to get that trust some other way you might be disappointed otherwise right yeah it's not just about doing doing good work because if you walk around this place you're going to see a lot of people who do some pretty good stuff right so you're so right Everyone is capable of putting ink on substrate. You know, it's not. You, know, you haven't all, seen me in a press room, okay. so there's at least one person who may not be able to do Most it. Most everyone is yeah. capable of that. Yeah. You know, all the equipment and, and software and, and systems vendors around here, they're going to allow you to do that. But there's so much more than that. It's, it's you know, the, the estimating up front, the customer interaction, the communication along the way, when things go wrong. Things go wrong. You know, so. Something we learned from another company many years ago, um, this is back in the 90s, we used to, when we were still, all we did was screen print, we used to outsource a lot of work to a, to a litho printer and um, for some stuff, bigger runs than we could do of 30 sheet posters, billboards at the time. And stuff happens, you know, problems happen. And the, the thing that, that we re- I really learned at the time is their attitude was fix it first, ask questions later in our industry we don't have time to to say okay who's to blame you know you know spend you know hours or days investigating what went wrong right 
we got to we got to get it fixed. We got to get solve our customers' problem, get it out there because they're losing paid advertising space. Oh yeah, for every minute it's not up, yeah. right? And yeah. then after that's done, now we can step back and say, okay, what happened? Did did we make a mistake? Did the customer send a wrong file? Did you know yeah. any number of things? Learn from it. Don't point fingers, right? Exactly. Yeah. But first, solve the problem so that people can can relax and step back and understand. You know, in 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 the heat of the moment and high stress, no one's thinking rationally. Well, to your point about communications too, it's about keeping the people apprised and let them know, hey, we had a little blip, but we got it fixed. It's done. Here's when it's coming. Yeah. Just it's create it's creating that trust backwards too. You know, they trust you to do the work. You got to reinforce that trust, right? Yeah. Uh, it sounds like the system is going a long way to helping on that though, too. It is. So Harold Scott, the person I originally bought it from, and, and Ian's father, he one of the, he always used to tell me early on, bad news doesn't get better with age. No, it gets worse, yeah. really. Right? <laughs> and and when you have bad news to deliver, and if you don't deliver it, all you do is sit around and feel the anxiety about. Oh, I don't want to make that call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this first. I'm gonna do that. Right. I'm gonna do this, but I don't want to make that call. And the whole time you're doing these other things, you're, you're feeling the anxiety and the angst over what you don't want to do. Just do it. Just do it. Well, I kind of think that over communicating actually, or or communicating enough for sure, that goes a long way to reinforcing that trust. Because if you don't, the trust is broken, and I think it's really hard to fix. There's right. a lot of printers out there that might t- be happy to take your spot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Doing the right thing for sure, and it, it's it's better that the customer hears about the problem from you yep. than from someone else, for sure. Indeed. Well, everything I hear about Convergent uh, kind of reinforces the fact that this is uh, working out fairly well so far. So we're we're, we're very happy with the way it's going. That's great. Uh, it's it's a lot of work. Uh, it's going to continue to be a lot of work, and it, it's you know people kind of ask me when when you know when's the merger going to be complete or when's everything going to be integrated. It's 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 never complete. You know, there are always going to be changes and, and, and improvements to the systems that we're going to be making and the way we do things. But um, we're, we are, you know, achieving our goals yeah. uh, on, on the timelines that we'd set out for ourselves. And yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, building muscle, so to speak. You don't build it overnight. You got to work at it and it grows and it grows and it grows. And those bonds will grow as the time goes on and you keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Creating value at the end of the day. So, well, congratulations on a really good first step for sure. I appreciate it. One of the things that I'd like to just ask you as we close, and I ask a lot of our guests the same thing, is what do you think about opportunities for 2024 and beyond? And what do you see as something that keeps you up at night as as we move forward? We, unfortunately, you know... We're a bit of the, the tail of the dog. Mm. People, because we are uh, still so heavily, we're so dependent upon uh, out, out of home advertising and media, um, people don't need us until they need, until they have the advertising space. Right. It's not like they say, I want to go print some billboards. Let me then find a place to go put them up. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it all depends on if hopefully we continue down this path towards a soft landing. Uh, and that you know we we don't hit too many more speed bumps along the way. I'm I'm not excited about where the interest rates are at. Certainly, mm. by any means of the a lot of pressure there on, on working capital, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, the the problem is when we go and, and we're going to go into recession again someday. You, you know, there's business cycle, and when uh, we go into recession, what the first thing that gets cut is advertising and marketing. 
because it goes right at the bottom line this quarter. Right. Okay. And and some of these it's big an companies, easy, easy fix. it's an easy fix this quarter. And I'm not really worried about what happens three or four quarters down the road because if I don't fix this quarter, I'm not going to be here <laughs> if I if I work for a public company. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. All due respect, though, the so co- companies that do that, I get it. It's a cash savings, but it's like uh, it's like trying to solve a uh, you know a a big cut on your leg by just cutting off all your circulation. Yeah. Then what are you going to have in three quarters? Exactly. Maybe not so much. Yeah. If you if you if you cut back on your investment now, you're you're going to hurt yourself down the road. So, you know, I mean, it doesn't keep me up at night because there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You know, but that is a, you know, from the business cycle standpoint, my biggest concern is always when we go into recession, um, not that I think we're necessarily going to right now, but whenever that happens next, that, you know, marketing budget gets cut. And so that, that you know, people don't need us if they're not advertising. Right. Now, fortunately, you know, we started out as billboard poster company and, uh, we were 100% of out-of-home advertising. Now, um, you know, we are very diversified. We do a tremendous amount of point of purchase, you know, retail, event venue, trade shows, uh, you know, political signs, like I said, uh, fleet graphics. So when one market segment goes down, uh, oftentimes another one comes up. Right. Well, that's a great way to look at it. I like the optimism for sure. I'll tell you what, though, if you when you walk around a place like this, it's a little easier to get optimistic. A lot of good excitement, a lot of good energy here for sure. There is, yeah. Everyone, no, everyone's in a very good mood. And, no doubt. Uh, you know. Let's hope that transfers into what's going on outside in the economy too. Yep. To your point. Well, Kurt, this is a great chat. Uh, really love the chance to sit down and talk to you and congratulate you again on a successful merger. Step one is in the books and. Step two is looks like it's going in the right direction. It's so congratulations. Going in the right direction. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to sit down and chat. Yeah, it's always good to talk to an experienced guy in the uh, in the industry. So thank you so much. Just to just to refresh, in case you missed it at the beginning, that was Kurt Carpenter, the CEO of Convergent Print, uh, headquartered in both uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and Chattanooga, Tennessee, doing a great job in the printing industry and ad- and helping advertisers every day. So terrific. And we'll close with that. Thanks very much for joining the podcast. This is Chris Antimasimo, one of the hosts of the Think Factory podcast, powered by OGC Solutions. We'll see you next time.